What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Dirty Blondes. Today, I'm continuing on with the STD series, and this week, I'm going to cover bacterial STDs. The first one I'm going to talk about is an STD that is near and dear to my heart since I've had it before, and that is chlamydia. Miss Chlamydia and I have done the tango twice now, and I personally consider this the training wheels of STDs. If you're going to be reckless and put yourself at risk of potentially getting any type of infection, then this is a great starter STD. And obviously, I'm not wishing STDs on to anyone, but let's be real. If you're fucking other sexually active people without condoms, you have a much higher chance of contracting something, and this one is super easy to fix. The first time I found out I had chlamydia was the day after I had broken it off with my partner at the time. Our situationship was in a weird place for a couple weeks prior to me ending it, and he had let me know that he was going to get tested because he was having some weird symptoms. So the day after I broke it off with him, I will never forget this, he sends me a text message that says, Just letting you know, my STD test came back positive for chlamydia with a fucking smiley face. Yes, you heard that right. A smiley face. Now, if you ever have to break the news to someone that you've tested positive for an STD, I would highly suggest not using a smiley face to deliver that news or any type of emoji for that matter. Like no need to get cute with the chemistry and germ emojis or the crazy eyes. Like it's just not necessary. So after he told me, I called my gynecologist and explained what happened, and the nurse called in my prescription right away, and then we scheduled a follow-up appointment for a week or so later to confirm that the test came back negative after I took the antibiotics, and then they also wanted to make sure that I didn't potentially contract anything else. So my initial reaction was that I was mostly annoyed because I had to make extra appointments and just deal with this headache of all of it instead of just being able to forget him and move on like I was planning. But luckily, I wasn't completely blindsided and I knew that he was sleeping with other people. So obviously, the risk was always there. And even though I didn't really know much about chlamydia at the time, one of my friends had gotten it a while ago. So because she had shared her experience with me when she got it, I knew that it wasn't a big deal. So I wasn't really worried. I think when a lot of people get the news of getting an STD, their initial reaction is going to want to blame the other person. And I think that's because people don't want to deal with the guilt or shame they potentially feel because as a society, we've created such a stigma around this. And look, depending on your situation, it may be easy to pinpoint who had it first. I've heard so many stories about partners finding out their alleged monogamous partner was cheating on them and then gave them an STD. So obviously that's going to make someone respond much differently than if you're casually hooking up with people. But if you are casually hooking up with people and you're not practicing safe sex every single time, then I hate to break it to you, but there is a chance that you could be the one responsible for passing it around to others. Now, with my most recent positive chlamydia test, I had to take the accountability and own the fact that I very well might have given it to my last partner just as easily as he could have given it to me. We never had any type of conversation about if we were currently sleeping with other people or when the last time we got tested was. So when I found out, I knew there was a 50-50 chance that I was responsible. So as soon as I received my test results, I text him to let him know because regardless of which one of us gave it to the other, we both had it at this point. When you have to send texts like these, I feel like it's important to keep emotions out of it if you're not in a monogamous relationship. 
If you act emotional and start blaming the other person or get angry or upset, it's really not helping the situation. And it's important not to overreact, especially over something like chlamydia. So the text I sent my partner was, hey, I have some not so great news. Unfortunately, I found out that I have chlamydia. I went to the gynecologist a few days ago and just received a bunch of the lab work back and saw that it was detected. So I just wanted to let you know. And luckily for me, we didn't get into a fight or an argument or anything. He simply responded with, okay, okay, I will go get tested. We both handled it like adults. And that was that. And I'm not going to lie. I was nervous to send him the text because I truly wasn't sure what his response was going to be. But regardless if you're nervous or not, you absolutely need to tell all your partners who could have been exposed. Like I said in the last episode, a few years ago, gonorrhea rates in the United States were at historic lows and syphilis was close to elimination. And now the numbers for both have skyrocketed along with chlamydia. So if everyone could just suck it up and get tested, we could significantly significantly decrease some of these and not have to worry at all. So do your part and get tested and please tell all your partners. Now, if you're embarrassed to send a text message to someone, DM me on Instagram and for a small fee, I will call or text whoever you need me to to let them know that they need to get tested. Obviously, your identity will remain anonymous, but I have no shame and I will be more than happy to let your past partners know. Honestly, I feel like everyone who's having casual sex should just be telling all of their partners they found out that they had some form of STD just to get more people in the clinics and like actually get tested. But I digress. (laughs) Okay, so what the fuck is chlamydia? So chlamydia is a very common infection in your genital tract that is caused by bacteria. It is one of the most common sexually transmitted diseases in the United States. Like I said in the last episode, in 2019, 1.8 million cases were reported. Chlamydia is easily spread because it often causes no symptoms, which means you can pass chlamydia to sexual partners without knowing it. In fact, 75% of infections in women and 50% in men have no symptoms. But if symptoms do occur, they usually start one to three weeks after you've been exposed. The symptoms may be mild, but luckily it's easy to treat once it's diagnosed. Also, I just want to point out chlamydia isn't spread through casual contact. So you can't get chlamydia from sharing food or drinks or kissing, hugging, holding hands, coughing, sneezing, or sitting on the toilet. Like those are all myths and just crazy bullshit that people come up with because they might be germaphobes or they're just feeding into the stigma of STDs. So you can't get it through any type of casual contact. Okay, so some of the symptoms of chlamydia in women are yellow, green, or any unusual vaginal discharge, pain or burning while urinating, pain during sex and or bleeding after sex, pain in the lower abdomen, and bleeding between periods and or heavier periods. Symptoms of chlamydia in men include yellow or green discharge from the penis, pain or burning while urinating, pain or swelling of the testicles, and pain in the lower abdomen. You can also get chlamydia in your anus, eyes, and throat. So for both men and women, this can cause pain, discharge, or bleeding in the anus or conjunctivitis in the eye. Chlamydia in the throat doesn't usually have any symptoms. Now, just because you don't have symptoms doesn't mean that you shouldn't get tested regularly or leave it untreated. Chlamydia can cause serious complications if left untreated. Some of the complications of chlamydia 
dyslipidemia can include pelvic inflammatory disease, which is an infection of the uterus and fallopian tubes that causes pelvic pain and fever. Severe infections might require hospitalization for intravenous antibiotics and can also damage the fallopian tubes, ovaries, uterus, and cervix. In men, chlamydia can cause an infection that can inflame the coiled tube located beside each testicle that can result in fever, scrotal pain, or swelling. And even though it's rare, chlamydia can spread to a male's prostate gland, which can cause pain during sex or even after sex, fever and chills, painful urination, and lower back pain. Chlamydia can also pass from the vaginal canal to your child during delivery, so this can cause pneumonia or a serious eye infection. It can also cause an ectopic pregnancy, which occurs when a fertilized egg implants and grows outside of the uterus, usually in the fallopian tube. So the pregnancy needs to be removed to prevent life-threatening complications, such as a burst tube. Chlamydia can also cause scarring and obstruction in the fallopian tubes, which might make women infertile or have a lot of difficulty getting pregnant. People who have chlamydia also are at a higher risk of developing reactive arthritis. So this condition typically affects joints, eyes, and the urethra. So this is exactly why it's important to get tested regularly, even if you're not showing symptoms, because the long-term damage could be life-changing if you don't address it. Now for the ladies, I want to point out that chlamydia symptoms are very similar to BV, which if you don't know what that is, it's bacterial vaginosis. Sometimes women can remedy BV with at-home solutions and over-the-counter items if it's a mild case, but please be careful, especially if it doesn't clear up because there is a chance you could have it. I've had BV many times in my life, and it just so happens that both times I found out I had chlamydia, I happen to have BV as well. So if you have chronic BV, then I would definitely monitor your symptoms if you're having unprotected sex. Okay, so if you find out you have chlamydia, I have good news for you because the treatment is super easy. All you need to do is take an antibiotic to clear it up and you'll be good to go. Some antibiotics are prescribed in a single large dose and others must be taken twice per day for about a week. But regardless of which antibiotic is prescribed, dosage instructions should be followed carefully to make sure that the infection clears up fully. And this can take up to two weeks, even with the single dose medications. And during the treatment time, it's important not to have sex because it's still possible to transmit and contract chlamydia if exposed again, even if you've treated a previous infection. Okay, now let's get into gonorrhea. Gonorrhea, which is also known as the CLAP, is another type of bacterial infection of your genital tract. Similar to chlamydia, gonorrhea can also grow in your mouth, throat, eyes, and anus. The first gonorrhea symptoms generally appear within 10 days after exposure. However, some people may be infected for months before symptoms occur, and like chlamydia, it's easy to treat once it's diagnosed. In many cases, gonorrhea causes no symptoms, but symptoms can affect many areas in your body, but it most commonly appears in the genital tract. When gonorrhea affects the genital tract, symptoms in men include painful urination, pus-like discharge from the penis, and pain or swelling in one testicle. And symptoms in women's genital tracts include increased vaginal discharge, painful urination, vaginal bleeding between periods or after vaginal intercourse, and abdominal or pelvic pain. In both men and women, gonorrhea can also affect these parts of the body. So in the rectum, symptoms can include anal itching, pus-like discharge, spots of bright red blood on the toilet paper, or having to strain during bowel movements. In the eyes, gonorrhea can cause eye pain, sensitivity to light, and pus-like discharge from one or both eyes. In the throat, 
Symptoms may include a sore throat or swollen lymph nodes in the neck. And joints can become infected by bacteria, which is septic arthritis. So the affected joints may be warm, red, swollen, and extremely painful, especially during movement. Now, if you tested positive for gonorrhea, you will need to be treated with antibiotics. There are injectable and oral antibiotics available for treatments. And just like I said with chlamydia, untreated gonorrhea can lead to major complications, such as infertility in men and women. So in women, gonorrhea can spread into the uterus and fallopian tubes, which can cause cause pelvic inflammatory disease, which causes scarring of the tubes and increases the risk of pregnancy complications or infertility. In men, gonorrhea can cause a small coiled tube in the rear portion of the testicles where the sperm ducts are located to become inflamed, and that can also lead to infertility. The bacteria that causes gonorrhea can spread through the bloodstream and infect other parts of your body, including your joints. So fever, rash, skin sores, joint pain, swelling, and stiffness are all possible results. Also, having gonorrhea makes you more susceptible to getting infected with HIV because people who have both gonorrhea and HIV are able to pass both diseases more readily to their partners. You can also pass gonorrhea to your baby during pregnancy, and babies who contract gonorrhea from their mothers can develop blindness and sores on the scalp. Okay, the last bacterial STD I'm going to cover is syphilis. Syphilis is a bacterial infection that starts as a painless sore, typically on the genitals, rectum, or mouth. Syphilis spreads from one person to another person via skin or mucous membrane contact with these sores. After the initial infection, the syphilis bacteria can remain inactive in the body for decades before coming active again. Early syphilis can be cured, sometimes with a single shot of penicillin. Without treatment, syphilis can severely damage the heart, brain, or other organs and can be life-threatening. Syphilis also can be passed from mothers to unborn children. Now, syphilis symptoms are a little different than chlamydia and gonorrhea because syphilis develops in stages and symptoms vary with each stage. But the stages may also overlap and the symptoms don't always occur in the same order. You may be infected with syphilis without noticing any symptoms for years. The first stage of syphilis is called primary syphilis and it starts with a small sore called a chancre. The sore appears at the spot where the bacteria entered your body. While most Most people infected with syphilis develop only one sore. Some people can develop several of them. The sore usually develops about three weeks after exposure. So many people who have syphilis don't notice the sore because it's usually painless and it might be hidden within the vagina or rectum. The sore will heal on its own within three to six weeks. Secondary syphilis happens within a few weeks of the original sore healing. So you may experience a rash that begins on your torso, but eventually can cover your entire body, even the palms of your hands and the soles of your feet. The rash isn't usually itchy and may be accompanied by wart-like sores in your mouth or genital area. Some people also experience hair loss, muscle aches, fever, sore throat, and swollen lymph nodes. These signs and symptoms may disappear within a few weeks or repeatedly come and go for as long as a year. And if you aren't treated for syphilis, the disease moves from the secondary stage to the latent stage when you have no symptoms. So the latent stage can last for years. Signs and symptoms may never return or the disease may progress to the tertiary stage. About 15 to 30% of people infected with syphilis who don't get treatment will develop complications known as tertiary syphilis. In this late stage, the disease may damage the brain, nerves, eyes, heart, blood vessels, liver, bones, and joints. These problems may occur many years after the original untreated infection. 
There are also two other types of syphilis. So there's neurosyphilis, which is when syphilis can spread and cause damage to the brain and nervous system and the eyes. This can happen at any stage. And congenital syphilis is when baby is born to women who have syphilis can become infected through the placenta or during birth. Most newborns with congenital syphilis have no symptoms, but some experience a rash on the palms of their hands and the soles of their feet. Later symptoms may include deafness, teeth deformities, and saddle nose, which is when the bridge of the nose collapse. Congenital syphilis greatly increases the risk of miscarriage, stillbirth, or a newborn's death within a few days after birth. So without treatment, syphilis can lead to damage throughout your body. Syphilis also increases the risk of HIV infection and can cause problems during pregnancy. Treatment can help prevent future damage, but can't repair or reverse damage that's already been done. In the late stages of syphilis, bumps or tumors known as gummas can develop on the skin, bones, liver, or any other organ. Gummas usually disappear after treatment with antibiotics. You can also develop neurological problems. So syphilis can cause a number of problems within the nervous system, which include headaches, strokes, meningitis, hearing loss, visual problems, which include blindness, dementia, loss of pain and temperature sensations, sexual dysfunction in men, and bladder incontinence. Syphilis can also cause cardiovascular problems, which may include bulging and swelling of the aorta and other blood vessels. Syphilis may also damage heart valves as well. Adults with sexually transmitted syphilis or other genital ulcers have an estimated two to five-fold increase risk of contracting HIV. A syphilis sore can bleed easily, providing an easy way for HIV to enter the bloodstream during sexual activity. Now, when diagnosed and treated in the early stages, syphilis is very easy to cure. The preferred treatment at all stages is penicillin. The recommended treatment for primary, secondary, or early stage latent syphilis, which refers to an infection within the last year, is a single injection of penicillin. If you've had syphilis for longer than a year, you need additional doses. Penicillin is the only recommended treatment for pregnant women with syphilis, So women who are allergic to penicillin can undergo a special process that allows them to take the penicillin. And even if you're treated for syphilis during your pregnancy, your newborn child should still be tested for congenital syphilis. And if infected, they should receive an antibiotic treatment. The first day you receive treatment, you may experience a reaction that causes fever, chills, nausea, aches and pains, and headaches. This reaction usually doesn't last for more than one day. All right, guys, that concludes this episode. I hope you guys are a little bit more knowledgeable on bacterial STDs. Like I said in the episode, it's very easy to treat these STDs if they're caught in the early stages. So make sure you stay on top of your testing and get tested regularly. Obviously, practice safe sex. But if you're not, make sure you stay on top of your testing. Okay. As always, if you have any questions, stories, or tips you want to share about your STD experiences or anything else dating or sex related, head over to my Instagram, which is Dirty Blondes Pod, and click the link in my bio to fill out the anonymous form. Also, don't forget to follow me on TikTok. I've posted three videos of me showing you how easy it is to use an at-home STD kit. My username on there is the same as Instagram. So go check those out because it's such a simple process. So I think everyone should entertain it if you're sexually active. If you're low on condoms, check out a company called Promescent. There's a link in my Instagram bio that takes you to their website. They're giving all my listeners 15% off their purchase with the code DIRTY15. 
They have a lot of great products that I use and love. So definitely take advantage of the discount. All right, guys, I hope you have a great weekend. Go get STD tested and I'll see you next week. Love you guys. Bye. 